Chapter 3, Working as Cursed Louise was working for a real estate developer in a small coastal town. She was excited about the job. For the first time, she was working for a Christian. He was dynamic and entrepreneurial, and it seemed like her role held lots of potential and promise. Her employer had come up with a new investment concept and set about attracting investors. He started with fellow congregation members of his local church. He was smooth and optimistic and even couched the appeal for investment in spiritual terms. This was an opportunity for the community of God to enjoy a time of blessing from God. After all, wealth comes from the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. After two months, it became apparent to Louise that the development project was not going well. In spite of her boss's charms, he could not find businesses to move into the business park he had set up. She became increasingly anxious for the church members who were beginning to come to the office concerned about what was happening with their investments. Working for the weekend None of us need to be convinced about the reality of sin and its connection with work. Whatever that work is, housework, schoolwork, paid work, voluntary work – It is always connoted with difficulty. There are lots of synonyms for work, and most of them are negative. Toil, exertion, slog, drudgery, grind, hard yakka, travail, labour. For many in Western countries, these lines in the Ogden Nash collection of poetry hard lines sum up our view of work. If you don't want to work, you have to work to earn enough money so that you won't have to work. (laughs) Nash's assumption is that no one wants to work, but we all have to work to achieve that dream. How can you see work as good when you feel weary and overwhelmed, when your workplace is toxic, when you are fighting with someone at work, or when you're not even sure your work is making a difference? Let's go back to the story about Louise. Following much prayer and consideration, Louise confronted her boss. He began to reveal to her the extent of the unfolding disaster. All the investment money was gone, and the development was lying vacant. To her dismay, he refused to take any personal responsibility for what had happened. She knew that people were losing their life savings, and her manager could not deliver what had been promised. She had a choice leave and allow her employer to deal with the situation he had created, or stay and focus on the clients. She chose the latter, staying on to assist, counsel and pray with those impacted. She stayed for a further 10 months. For Louise, it was a harsh lesson on the impact of sin in the workplace. There were the obvious consequences of sin, with her employer's plans not working out as he hoped. The difficult working situation was made more toxic by evidence of her boss lying, cheating and covering up mistakes. This led to their working relationship breaking down. The impact of her employer's poor choices was ongoing. Some of the investors left the church, disillusioned and with a sense of betrayal at God's lack of provision. Louise herself suffered health problems as a result of the stressful work conditions. So why is working cursed? 
While work is seen as a good thing in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, as part of being made in the image of God and God inviting humans to work with him in the filling of creation, everything goes horribly wrong in chapter 3. Working is directly impacted as sin enters creation. Eve and Adam disobey God by eating the fruit they were instructed to leave alone. Adam blames both Eve and God, and Eve blames the snake. Sin has entered the garden, and relationships are broken with each other, with God, and with creation. Dramatically, God pronounces the consequences. He starts with Eve and her primary work of childbirth, which will become painful and difficult. Next comes Adam and his primary work of cultivating food. Work will be harder and more painful. Verse 17 of Genesis 3 mentions through painful toil. In verse 18, thorns and thistles mean we will not be as productive or fruitful as we hope to be. And verse 19 tells us that things that were simple before now require effort and sweat. This is the reality of work as we know it. Work is more difficult than it should be. It is frustrating and disappointing. It is liable to failure and unintended consequences. Work has become unpleasant. So housework doesn't last. It is so hard to simply keep things clean and orderly. Can I just share that I have already vacuumed about three times in two days to get rid of all my dog's fur. (laughs) Study is hard because knowledge doesn't stick in our brain. We're surrounded by distractions and we have to work hard to understand what we read and learn. We are overwhelmed by the needs at work. There's always more to be done. It is hard to establish who or what to focus on. Or maybe we are plagued with problems like our computers crashing. (laughs) Then we have the obvious sin that surrounds our working, as Louise experienced when people deliberately use their work to harm others. This may not be a common experience for everyone, but it can be a temptation in our highly competitive world. In the very next chapter, Genesis 4, we read about Cain getting jealous of his brother Abel's work and killing him. Work has become a source of competition, of selfish ambition and conflict. Again, this is something we often see around us. We simply don't work together very well. The image from Genesis 4 of sin crouching at the door is very accurate since there are many temptations in the workplace where people might have lower expectations of us as Christians. Returning to Louise's story, in spite of her prayers, God decided not to rescue the situation and good people were badly hurt. In the meantime, her boss continued to escape the consequences of his poor decision-making, dodging personal financial impact and even jail. She learnt that in spite of her seemingly unanswered prayers, God is good and can be trusted to be present in times of suffering and difficulty. He is faithful and does work out some circumstances for good, but there may not be a promise of justice this side of Judgment Day. God sustained Louise through this time of flux and she continues to have a vibrant faith 
She learnt the hard work of honouring God with her work and the joyful reality of his presence in her workplace. She wondered at times whether the better thing would have been to leave, but she had a strong sense that God wanted her to stay. And even though this was a damaging time, she does not regret having been through it. Christians are not exempt. Sometimes we are overwhelmed by the difficulties of work, and Christians are not exempt from the consequences. Recently, I taught a master's subject and asked the students to survey their church congregations on the greatest challenges they faced at work. The top three named were, first of all, stress, feeling stretched and overwhelmed while struggling to find a work-life balance. Secondly, ethical challenges, as Christians learn to navigate the murky waters of work. And thirdly, conflict at work, as Christians try to be peacemakers yet face the reality that it is difficult for people to get along. We are sinful people living in a sinful world where things do not work as they should. Tim Keller and Catherine Leary also describe the impact of sin in our working this way. Quote, we will be able to envision far more than we can accomplish, both because of a lack of ability and because of resistance on the environment around us. The experience of work will include pain, conflict, envy and fatigue, and not all our goals will be met. For example, you may have an aspiration to do a certain kind of work and perform at a certain level of skill and quality, but you may never even get the opportunity to do the work you want, or if you do, you may not even be able to do it as well as it needs to be done. Your conflicts with others in the work environment will sap your confidence and undermine your productivity. That rather depressing quote was from the book, Every Good Endeavour, a fantastic book on this subject. Our attitude to the curse of working. The Apostle Paul was not immune to the impact of sin in his working. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28, he lists the following extraordinary litany of working hardships. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. We can learn from the attitude Paul displays in the very next chapter when he says, quote, For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. We need that same eagerness to serve and obey, to honour God and to work alongside him, as demonstrated in Genesis chapters 1 to 2. There is still good. We need to remember that the work itself is not cursed. With Eve, notice that the process of childbirth is cursed, but not the child. Adam's work of cultivation itself is not cursed, but the process is. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, if we read it carefully, it is the ground that is cursed. And therefore it is the ground that becomes hard or from which thorns and thistles spring up. Even in the Cain and Abel story, we see some good. They were working to provide for their families and sought to offer the results of their work to God. We see the actions of Avad and Shema, worship and obedience. Sometimes it is easy to see the good in our work, and the more you are conscious of working with God, the more good you will see. I've heard a teacher describe the change in a child achieved with focus and care. I've heard an aged care worker describe the impact on a family when she treated their mother with dignity and respect. I've heard a senior government worker describe the impact of his work in drafting legislation that will have a positive influence for a generation. In the Bible, sin never has the final word. It is never the end of the story. Bob Thune, lead pastor of Deo Church in Nebraska, the US, has said, Quote, it's important that we see both the goodness of work in God's original creation and the struggle of work under the fall. If we only see the good, we'll be frustrated when things don't go as they should. If we only see the bad, we'll have a hard time doing our work to the glory of God. Work is not all good and it's not all bad. It is part of God's good creation, which has been tainted by the fall. And God is at work to redeem work. And now it's time to pray. Holy God, thank you that you made us in your image, the image of one who does good work. Thank you that no matter how old we are, Whatever the level of our ability, there is some way we can contribute meaningfully to the creative and cultural filling of your world. Help us to see all the possibilities of work as good. Help us to work with you. Help us to use our working as a means of honouring you and serving others. Help us not to be overwhelmed by the impact of sin on our work and on the workplaces that you have placed us in. We are conscious that work is harder than it should be, that there are troubles and distractions, that there is conflict and hurt. Forgive us for anything we do that contributes to making work harder. Most of all, Father God, thank you for the hope we have in the good work of Jesus that enables us to be in right relationship with you, knowing that when we get to the new earth, we will again be united in joyful, creative, beautiful work that honours you. Amen.
And now it's time to take it further. Firstly, how do you see the impact of sin on your working? How does it affect your working relationships, the systems of work around you, the effectiveness of your work, or even your own attitude to work? Why don't you note down some responses to that? Secondly, think through the cursing of the process of work in Genesis 3 in respect to your own work. What causes you to toil and sweat? What are some of the thorns and weeds impacting your work? Thirdly, in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel or Babel is an example of working for our own glory and ourselves. How are you tempted to do that in your working? Yes, they were doing some amazing work with the new technology of the brick, but their whole intention was to make a name for themselves, and this can be a temptation for all of us. And fourthly, I wonder if you've considered, is all working cursed? What are the implications of sin for our working and how can we overcome it? <laughs>